McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Hamburglar, the time is yours. Bravo, bravo. He said, these are McDonald's best burgers ever. And then, can I keep them? And then he just grabbed them and ran away. Brobble. Now get a Big Mac or double cheeseburger for two bucks in the app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Must opt into rewards. Visit McD app for details. Available at most restaurants in this area. Comparison of McDonald's classic burgers to prior burgers. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I walk a straight line, shackled and chained. Oh, gruesome Gertie is calling my name. There is no mercy in this penitentiary. Just ask the Hillstring Gang, Wrangle the Three. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Bloody Angola, a podcast 142 years in the making. Complete story of America's bloodiest prison. And I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And we got some Angolites. Right? I love these stories, man. Yeah. uh, True, true history, right, from the past. Before we get started, we want to say um, our thoughts and prayers and what all our people in Florida and Georgia that are getting slammed right now. Uh, or got slammed yesterday and, you know, came ashore as a Category 3. And continued to get slammed. And it's just bad. And they said they haven't seen a storm like that in 125 years. So just prayers for them. And, and I, I guess you call it Idalia, I-D-A-L-I-A. Uh, it's just bad. Prayer for them. We know, we know what they're going through. Yeah, we've been through a few of those ourselves, and uh, so our hearts and prayers and thoughts are with those folks. And uh, the road to recovery, you will recover. Yes, It'll seem yeah, like you won't, yeah. but you'll you'll yeah. come back. Yeah. Uh, so we've been getting look. We've done a lot of historical podcasts with relation to the Angolite, the prison 
uh, weekly paper that Angola has put out for so many years. This is award-winning paper right. all over the world. And turn, actually turned into a magazine because yeah. I had a subscription to it back in the 90s. Absolutely. And um, and so some of the stories from back in the day, y'all, you, you just won't believe until we, we read them. Uh, we've had a lot of people ask for us to do another one, got a lot of messages. So we're bringing you another one today because we got our hands on – uh, a lot of them from the 50s and 60s. Uh, so we kind of cherry pick what we feel like are the best stories out of those magazines. And, and we go over those with y'all. And I'll start it off. And this is an Angolite from April 21st, 1956. Wow. Yeah, that was a that was a heck of a time in America. And even in Angola, as you're about to hear. Definitely bloody Angola, then. Yes, for sure. And and as a matter of fact, we're going to start off with a bloody story at Bloody Angola, and it was a headline. It said, Two Dead, One Hurt, Tragedy Trip Hammered a Triple Blow at Angola last weekend, leaving two inmates dead and another maimed for life. Huh. It says, uh, One of the two dead suffered fatal injuries in an accident. The second died of a heart attack. Uh Maimed with his right hand amputated at the wrist wow. was a third. Wow. The dead, Charles D. Clarkson, 24, of Caddo Parish, he had fallen under the wheels of a tractor last Friday. Oh, a broken rib punctured his lung. He died en route to Charity Hospital in New Orleans. Lawrence Virgil Turley, 55, a carpenter, died Sunday afternoon. Lawrence Virgil Turley, 55, a carpenter, died Sunday afternoon at the General Hospital of a heart attack, injured only a half hour after he had been assigned to work on the Mammoth Press at the Tag Plant, Venice Landry, 20, had his right hand mangled under the giant bolster ram. Wow. Which is the thing, y'all, that, that yeah, stamps slams. it. Yeah, the slams that plates. steel and, yeah. and, and, and uh, stamps those plates. His hand was amputated at General Hospital, Saturday. Pretty, pretty wild stuff going on in Angola. And look, these days, they don't give you those reports. Yeah. Typically, you really got to dig for them. And, so. and the general hospital really wasn't a hospital. That's when the, the nurse, the, the angel, they called yes. the angel was there. There was no doctor and all that. It's crazy, right? That's right. And the language they use in these, y'all, is really comical. Um and you got to remember, this was a different time. So yeah. you'll hear things like colored and whites right. and, right. you know. It's their words, not ours. That's right. All right, so the next one says, two fail in brief freedom bio. So Wallace McDonald and Herman Stroop are in a tight lock cells today following a brief bid for liberty Tuesday night. Security officials said the two took off uh -oh. from the transportation department in downtown Angola. That's funny. <laughs> in downtown Angola, Tuesday about noon, they were recaptured within a six-hour period by local authorities. Both formerly bedded down at Camp H2, the report said. <laughs> <laughs> kind of brief on that. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, they tried to jet. And that's what I really like about these is they, they do tell you about the escapes and right. stuff. I mean, they don't hold back. Uh, downtown Angola. Yeah. <laughs> well, how about this one? Cleaver in an attack try, it says. Uh -oh. John Newton, a new prison uh, kitchen worker, 
was jailed Monday on a charge of felonious assault with a meat cleaver. Right. Yes, sir. Newton is said to have sliced Albert Johnson up side his head. Wow. Following an argument, Johnson was hospitalized with lacerations. Jeez Louise. Yeah, so Mr. Johnson got a... Meat cleaver to the head. You don't attack people with meat cleavers. going for sure, right? That's right. So, crazy. And then this next one, y'all, says, Heavy equipment acts to rush free houses. Using earth from the miles-long embankment of the old Louisiana and Arkansas Railway right-of-way, the LSP Heavy Equipment Department, that's funny, under Superintendent Dennis Johnson, was last week engaged in an all-out operation to fill a five-acre plot of ground for the construction of 21 new free personnel houses. The plot mm-hmm. is located on the B-line at the foot of the old receiving station hill. It is to be filled to a depth of 36 inches. Johnson says he expects his department will wind up with the earth field operation within two weeks. Construction houses will then start, he said. It's funny. It's I guess they're talking about building part of the beach. Yeah. 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 Another 21 houses at it. Yeah. So, uh, so this is back, y'all. For for those that may just be joining us, the B line is is where all the free people live and inside the, the wire. In, inside the wire, and uh, and this was during the construction of that way yep. back in 1956. Yep. And my mama lived there. Yeah, during that time. Yeah. So, uh, and we'll go on into another page of this one. And there's an article that says more crippled birds. A second group of crippled pelicans, each with the wings broke by hail in the recent storm, were sighted last Sunday by deck passengers on the Angola Ferry. The birds had roosted on the log a few feet from the shore and near the middle of the ferry landing. Observers said the wings will heal in time and that it is no rescue operation. That's crazy. So they even, uh, and the reason we included that one is it's interesting that they try to keep you up to date with what's going on on the outside. And the only way they know that is to look out those bars and and that wire and and actually see it. So, uh, yeah, a little little story on pelicans. uh, Who knew hail could injure their uh, wings? That's the news of the day, right? Yeah. Right. So this one says, oh, let us spray. An old-fashioned mattress spraying bee was held at Camp E last Monday under the eagle eye of the unit captain, A. Kuvillon. The the action was aimed at eliminating any wandering insects who had hoped to make the unit their dwelling place this summer. (laughs) (laughs) So that's... Spraying for bed bugs, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. And something that you had to do up up in Angola for sure. Yeah, they had to be really bad for them to do it for the convicts. That's right. And then we'll continue on, and there's one that says, falls upstairs, breaks his jaw. Uh, That's right. Joseph Tornabone... Camp H1 Juvenile fell upstairs one day last week and broke his jaw in three places. Yeah, I bet that didn't happen. <laughs> the adolescent was returning to his bunk after a shower, according to the story told to the hospital. He was taken to Cherry Hospital in New Orleans for treatment. Yeah, so they're basically trying they to say. beat his ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> broke his jaw you, you, you slipped. Tell him you fell up the stairs, boy. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's it. That's funny. Broke his jaw in three places yeah. from a slip, huh? Yeah. So uh, uh, that was that was one that I really thought painted a picture of the times in right. prison. It's funny. I think this one they had the convict guards too. All right, so here we go. The title of this is Pocketed Razor Draws Jail Term. Says he told arresting officers he was just going to shave, but they didn't believe him. He is James B. Shrivers of the STU, and he was caught with a straight razor. The board assessed a term uh, on bread and duck because they said only blades for a razor are lawful. <laughs> That's like <laughs> I had a straight yeah, razor. Like a straight Jesus razor. Christ! And, and when they when they caught him with it, he said, "Well, I was just using it to shave." Yeah, I was just using shave. What's wrong with that? All right, how about this one? Fresh fish leave sheltered. Uh, Closter as labor beckons. 34 fish until recently swimming unfettered in the administration unit tank. And y'all, when they refer to fish, they're talking about new prisoners. Right. Uh, at the General Hospital have been screened, tested, probed, and activated by members of the classifications board at a recent session. Purpose of the session was to ascertain whether the fish can uh, earn his bed and board. Uh. A few whose records indicated they were unlikely to run were made trustees on the spot. Others who must wait and further test went on jobs under the gun. Uh, that means uh, in the field. Yeah. 18 of the fish are today set, uh, uh, today assigned to the Angola Cane Corn and Cotton Company as field laborers. Corn and Cotton Company. In the number were those who will live at Camp A, H, and H2. Culinary work attracted three men, a clerkship, and a garage work for a third, and a welding for a fourth. So they, they were classifying them into yeah. jobs. Yeah. And uh, of all those people, 34 fish, only three were made trustees. So that right. tells you most of them, they were like, eh, you're going to run. Those three had probably trustees. been there before. And then the, the, the ones under the gun, that's the shittiest job in the world. Can you imagine, like, this summer mm-hmm. when it's 105 and then 116 with the heat index out there all day long swinging a, a hoe? Yeah, that's, that's insane. But they did something to get there. So That's right. This one says, brown bags chops. John Hunt told the man he was hungry and he had uh, purloined the poke chops and they spell it P-O-K-E, y'all, for a midnight snack. The man sighed and put his pencil and notebook and told John, put them back. But on going through the gate again, the same suspicious bulge was evident. (laughs) Searched the chops, were confiscated, as was also Hunt's trustee, pass from pine Ford dormitory his mail is now being sent to the local jail uh, which means <laughs> lockdown basically yeah, that's funny they locked his ass down his extra, extra pork chops out the kitchen poke chops poke chops yeah okay so that was from that uh that one and we're going to do another one here from august 11th 1956 and there's a headline on there that says angola's informal hot seat someone uh at Angola that I'm not going to name that I neither know nor care was almost burned to a cinder one day last week. Uh-oh. Oh, this guy must've been mad at him. It seems that this, uh, quote worker 
presumably was doing a little digging under the steel plate that separates the medium from the trusty compounds, which is located uh, beneath the walkway directly below the snitch box at the medium security gate. So this dude was digging a hole in the ground. He quit in a hurry. (laughs) It gets better. When a bolt of sizzling lightning momentarily blinded him and luckily did not fry his hide. His shovel had cut through one of nine cables, each of which was alive with 2,300 volts of crackling death. What? Yes, sir. The soil around the cable was burned to charcoal. And if the lucky bum had come into contact with that current in that cable, they'd have been buried right there where they found him. Take this information for what it's worth and continue grave digging. The Angolite, or dig your own grave, literally, with the assurance that the Angolite will make your name famous throughout the state. It's uh, up to you. That's funny. <laughs> that guy was pissed he tried to escape. Trying to dig out and dug into the cave lines. Yeah. That's those signs you see, don't dig here, right? They didn't, they didn't have those back then. <laughs> Crazy. Um, all right. Here we go, Bloody Angola, right? So this was called Dumbbell Opens Passat's Scalp. Uh-oh. Right? <laughs> Beryl Passat, who was removed from the cell block in, uh, to the hospital August the 8th with a head wound. Mm. Beryl, who was removed from the cell block area August 8th with a head wound, which he claimed to have suffered when a weight he was lifting fell on him. On his noggin, hospital records show what that he is getting along very nicely, despite the fifteen or eighteen sutures required to close the clean type wound. Mm. No, Somebody hit him with a dumbbell, or hit him with a knife. A yeah. dumbbell wouldn't leave a clean open wound to be smashed. Hell, yeah. Hey, but they weren't going to rat on each other. Take your lick. And y'all, y'all imagine this now. This is the fifties, and these guys. This is there is no TV and all that. Right, I mean, right. this is the only entertainment yeah. you get, and shit. the only way you can keep up what's going on in prison, right? As yeah. an inmate, right. And, and it was you know, huge prison, right? Yes. So uh, so we'll move on. This is February 21st, 1959 edition. Right. And the headline says, New Prices at the Camp Store. And I really enjoyed this one because it, it, I'm going to give you actual prices. But it says, Mr. James Thornton, Chief Administrative Officer, announced new price levels for many items at the Camp Store this week. And we have printed the price list on page six. So when you go to page six... I just highlighted some of these, and I'm going to read off to you that I found interesting. So back in 1959, if you needed some Alka-Seltzer, it was going to cost you 28 cents. Really? 28 cents. Cheez-Its, 10 cents. I can't believe they still had Cheez-Its back then. Yeah, I know. It surprised me. Cigarettes. You want some king-size cigarettes? It's going to cost you 30 cents. What? So if you want some some kings and then some regulars, uh, 29 cents. Yeah, but that was was their... um, Currency back then. Yeah. I mean, that's what they paid each other with. That's right. So, uh, coffee, community coffee, 40 cents. Community coffee way back then. Way back then. And it was instant. Uh, Noxzema, 19 cents. Hell, she's using Noxzema in prison. (laughs) 
That's a great look. They got nail clippers for twenty really? cents. Oh, yeah, okay. you keep yourself properly green. That's it. Uh, potato chips, five cents. Really? Yeah, shampoo, White Rain brand. Huh. I didn't. Who knew that was around then? Forty one cents. Uh, rolling tobacco, twelve cents. Wow, uh, that's a that's a big deal in prison too. When I used to be there, and they still had cigarettes. That you could tell who was a really poor convict because yeah. they had the bugler in the can, yeah, or that blue can. The bugler was a, a yellow, and red, white, blue, and the the other one was uh, just a light blue can, yeah. But they were the ones that couldn't afford the camels or the Marlboros or whatever, and they had to roll their own cigarettes. Oh, that's cool. and the ones who couldn't afford any of those. When the other ones would throw their butts out, they'd yeah. go pick up the butts and smoke the butts. Oh, come on. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh, toothpaste. So, you know, everybody's right. got to have toothpaste. Well, it costs you 12 cents for Colgate. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Vic salve, uh, or salve 35 cents. Uh-huh. And, and they had Vaseline hair oil <laughs> back then. That was 14 cents. So That's I'm going to take this and I'm going to post it, uh, on the, uh, the Patreon. Yeah, Cause it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's there. a lot of stuff, but pretty cool to go through. They got pork skins on here. They got all kinds of stuff. Liver pills, liver pills, uh, what they call high hose, which are like crackers back then. Yeah. Uh, so we'll post that on there. So you patron members can look through it and really have some fun. Yeah. That's uh, funny. Checking that out. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. And we'll go to September 10th, 1955. And Woody's going to start us off on that one. All right. So September 1945. 55. I'm 55. Airport here averages plane per day. Attendance at the Angola Airport, where a shade busy last week, logged in and out were three planes. They were real busy, huh? <laughs> Monday, the Paul A. Lambert Cessna arrived and departed. Tuesday, the Jass F. O'Neill craft. And Wednesday, a red two-place plane bearing number N970246. Oh, my God. They even knew that. <laughs> Yeah, it's really part of me. Number. I know my mom and I, when she was on the pro board, they used to fly them around the state because it's more cost efficient. Yeah. And, it, and it make quicker to get them there and stuff. But it's, I can't believe they had it back in the 50s. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, planes I mean, have been around a while. They were flying them in World War II yeah, and all. Not, but, not passenger planes. Yeah. I mean, some, but I guess it was probably military surplus. Yeah. Uh, one on the lamb still running, it says. Police in four states, and I'm going to look up this case, y'all, because I was like, wow, this would be a good one to cover. Uh, police in four states are today looking for Ray uh, Coffrin, 
28, a 15-year termer formerly domiciled at Camp H. Right. Donning a correctional officer's uniform, uh, Coffrin quietly slipped out of the yard gate last Sunday. Bloodhounds failed to pick up his trail. Uh, he must have somebody waiting on him. Yeah, well, we have to check that one all, out. I've never heard of that. I um, mean, he, he had a CO uniform and then got out. And if those the Angola chase team couldn't get on him, He's gone. He's yeah, and and he did. He he. If I was going to run, or you correctional's run. officer's uniform yeah. must have worked in the laundry or yeah. something. If I was going to run, or you were going to run, you'd have somebody waiting on you, right? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be running those hills or trying to swim the river. And I guarantee y'all, you know, one difference because I've read a lot of these in Golites between then and now is they don't post escapes in the Golite <laughs> anymore. Uh, they don't want any other prisoners reading that it's kind of like the mass shootings nowadays we don't say the yeah. shooter's name like the one that just did it at the dollar yeah. store he did it he copied one in the same city yeah five years before yeah. and mentioned it in his manifesto that's right but anyway all right so let's go to september the 10th 1955 so that's 73 years ago y'all wow. next week or the week after says, new laundry washes for all. For the first time in the history of the Louisiana State Penitentiary, a centrally located laundry is now handling, washing, and ironing for the entire institution. Oh. Right? Today, wheels are rolling at the new prison, and a crew of 15 men is daily turning out clean sheets, towels, pants, shirts, and personal linen, of male inmates at all camps. The work formerly had been done in part at the women's unit, the other part at individual camps. Set up in preparation for the time when all male inmates are housed at the new prison, the laundry, under the managership of Captain Bill Kerr, is currently turning out 1,100 pounds of dry wash hourly. With the mangle of four ironing ironing sheets, the plant will later on press pants and shirts. Ten pressing units have been ordered and are to be installed, Captain Kerr said. A schedule has been worked out to handle washing five days per week. Saturday is general cleanup day for the plant. The plant at the women's camp now handles only free personnel laundry. (laughs) They didn't want to mix them up, huh? Uh-uh. about that's your job. And another one, building, you know, they didn't have AC, and they turned out 1,100 pounds. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. And it's interesting that, you know, back then, 1955 is when they started just finally, you know, having this uh, main laundry facility for the – Well, the one thing they don't mention in there is underwear, right? Yeah. So when, when you get in, they give you state prison, uh, prison-issued underwear – but when you do send your stuff into the laundry, I let most inmates keep their underwear and have their bitch wash them. That's why I say you can be tossing salads and washing dirty drawers. <laughs> They'll actually rent out their bitch to wash people's dirty underwear in their sinks. And they hand scrub them with soap and, yeah. and, and wash them and they hang them and make them fresh for whomever for mm. like a couple cigarettes. Wow. There you go, straight from the wolf right there. Uh, prison guard post reaching skyward, this one says. Those new two-story steel skeletons you see poking skyward with the yellow painted girders are indications it won't be long. 
They're the structural steel columns for the new guard towers at the new prison. Mm-hmm. Each will be complete with glassed in cupola and searchlight. And they still there today. And they still there today. Uh, yeah, they they made them uh, to last back in those permanent. days, but built those steel new guard concrete. towers way back then. Yeah, the funny thing about those is when you go up in them, the outside doors lock, but they're man twenty four seven. Never take off. So when if you go in, I've worked them before. You go in the the they actually sit on the outside of the fence, right? So yeah. inmates can't get to that door, and so you have to go to the door and holler up at the guard, yeah. the CO, and they lower you a key down, and you you unlock it, and it's on a string. And they pull it back up, and you go in and you lock it from the inside, and it's got a spiral staircase. You come through like a trap door, and it's a round room. Uh, and that's where your gun, your rifle, and your shotgun is, and you know your lights and stuff like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Awesome. All right, and then a telephone. That's the only other thing you have. You might yeah. you might have a radio, but uh, you know, pretty interesting. All right, so let's go to again on September tenth, nineteen ninety five, and I'm gonna read fifty five. I'm, I'm sorry, fifty five. I keep getting wrong. Um, says. Free very soon to open at St. Francisville, according to the Plainsman of Zachary. Y'all, that's the um, Plainsman is the Zachary newspaper. According to the Plainsman of Zachary, named the Feliciana, the vessel costs $200,000, and it may take a load off the Angola Ferry. Visitors may enter via the front gate. Interesting. I, I have to ask my mom about that because it didn't run for long. Yeah. Now they have the ferry that still to this day that runs across into, uh, I think it's a, it's not, yeah, it might be a Vols. And it runs across the river and a lot of uh, free people, you know, live over there or they'll drive into that ferry and the ferry drives them across and they come in. But this one would imagine how many COs lived in St. Francisville. Yeah. Right? Which is like then you had to take that long ass hour-long road out and then get to St. Francisville another 10 or 15 minutes. I guess they just ran them right up the river about a 15-minute ride. Yeah, and that's and back then you had to have a ferry to go across that river. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's no bridges. You're right. So uh, uh, continuing on, it, this is this one is hilarious, y'all. It's, it says, Voodoo Hoodoo. Uh-oh. So you've seen those copper wire amulets and necklaces of beans and so on. Voodoo stuff, maybe. Anyway, Edward Harris of Camp A walked up to the man last week and said people were after him. He didn't elaborate whether he had been hexed or just plain conjured. They locked him up lightly in the sneezer until the bug doctor examines his head. Uh, <laughs> he was, we call it one of three on a mental case. Yeah. He and the man said they after so they lock him up. The funny thing is with that particular uh, deal is this guy's exposing him to the whole prison. Yeah. So these guys, look, they, they gossip worse than anybody you've ever right. seen. They, they and they're all nosy. They got nothing else to do. That's right. And, and, and so they basically said, he he went to the man and ratted himself out. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Put him in the sneezer, right? The sneezer. So, ex guard hurt in camp fracas. Uh oh. Frank Peoples, who until last Saturday was a guard, was busted back to trusteeship that day. So that means he was inmate guard. Yeah. The following morning, he was rushed to the general hospital, suffering with a knotted head. <laughs> <laughs> He's resting well on 
tie color wore today. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, think about this. The prison guards, and we talked about that. That was a way for them to save money and everything back then. But the at nighttime, they might have had one CO per camp. And at nighttime, they just locked them in. And the prison guards in there were like gods, right? Yeah. And, and, and if you could get one taken out uh, – he got demoted and then he got his ass beat that night. So <laughs> love that. Crazy. And uh, we got a couple on this on this page and and they're short, so I'm gonna read a couple and I'll let Woody read a couple. Uh, the first says bathing to be enforced. Uh, yes, beware your long-eared scouts and men of wrath who nothing fear except a bath. Uh, <laughs> White dormitory at the new prison were all set to give one of their number a dunking last week mm. on account that he hadn't put the showers to use since he entered the joint, oh my God. which is a violations of the rules mm. besides. Right. So that was a little they, short one. Whether Even they, most of the convicts don't like a stinky ass. That's right. right. You get some people in there, and not only have they not ever followed the rules and civilization, but they don't have any personal hygiene. So I yeah. think what they're probably saying is the inmates drug him in there. That's and exactly his what ass they down. did. And Gave like, him a GI shower. Yeah, you <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, they basically forced his ass to take a bath. He must have been stinking. Uh, Imagine you're working out uh, in those fields yeah. all day. Oh, my nasty. gosh. No deodorant and everything else. How You you would think you'd want to take one. But anywho, uh, Loke. Localite knifed in Camp Affray. Henry Davis at Camp F underwent a ham stitching at the emergency ward of the General Hospital one day last week. Henny ran afoul of a knife in the hands of an unidentified uh, assailant. He's unidentified. <laughs> he ran afoul of him. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I love the way they wrote yeah. back then. And and, and I love just it. It's a they, totally different dialogue. Nobody was ratting anybody out. They just did yeah. it, right? So. Yeah, unidentified. Well, I'm sure. Let's go. And again, this is still September 10th, 1955. And it says, cuts out early, ends in jail. He was trying to get to camp early for dinner. Mm-hmm. Calvin Mitchell, Camp A trustee, told officials last week, cutting grass with a crew, Mitchell was missed at a field camp. Uh-oh. A chase ensued, and the lad was found wandering. They put him in the hole. <laughs> Pending DB action to this very board, y'all. Actually, <laughs> yeah, basically, he tried to say, I was just hungry going yeah, early. I was to get in line nah, first. Get he's going to run. Get that meal. <laughs> All right. Wander. This is ne- the next one. Pipe used in nodding spree. Mm. When War- Warren Guidry of Camp of F uses a pipe, he uses a big one, one and, <laughs> one and a half inches. One day last week, he well he wielded it with painful and telling effect upon the noggin of Manson Powell. Authorities said, "Gidry is awaiting the outcome of trial. Powell is awaiting the take, taking off of bandages." <laughs> That's funny as shit. That's crazy. I mean, it's Old like Mr. every Powell. day that one. This was getting night. This was getting ahead and. I'm telling you. And then and the noggin. Yes, the noggin. And look, we're going to go way back to 1954, November 27th. Mm-hmm. And the headline on this one really, uh, really struck my interest. It says 34 shot in rabies tryout. What? Yeah. So now 
Y'all got to remember, there was a time there was no rabies shot, right? right. If you right. got rabies, you just went nuts or whatever. Uh, and a lot of times when they would get these uh, these shots, they would try them out on like inmates. New medical procedures. Yeah, yeah, that would be they would be the and, guinea and pigs. Drug companies right? come in and, and basically pay the prison or yeah. to get their test subjects. Yeah. So it says thirty four Angola inmates, six of them women, are today nursing slightly sore arms. Is what in what is said to have been the first guinea pig effort ever made here in the interest of medical science. The 34 last Saturday and Sunday were given the first of a series of inoculations aimed at testing a new type of vaccine for the treatment of rabies. Uh, All were volunteers, the prison management said. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> and they, they might have paid they them something. Gave them a cigarette or yeah. Under the auspice of the School of Medicine at Tulane University at New Orleans, the inoculations were given by Dr. D.P. Conwell, a Tulane medical staffer. And I, I mean, there you are at the, right. at the start of the rabies vaccine yep. in history. And who knew Angola played such a big part in that? Well, I had actually heard something before about them trying new procedures on on uh, convicts because who were going to complain? Yeah. And they gave them a couple smokes. And they were like, whatever. That's I'm it. here anyway. Yep. And I was like, give me the shot. That's crazy. That shit wouldn't fly nowadays. No. All right, so let's take you to the next one we're going to do, and it says Count Soares, official, and that's, and that's spelled Count Soares, S-O-A-R-S, official sore, S-O-R-E, fresh fish may find no room. And then y'all, mm. we're talking about uh, fresh inmates. Today's inmate population swelled to a total of 2,810 brought consternation to camp officials and worried frowns to the management last week. For the head count is the highest here since the end of World War II, an authoritative source said. Already overcrowded at most units, Angola camp chiefs have been hard put to find sleeping room for their new borders. The count is suspected to hit 3,000 by mid-year of 1955. Holy Dang. Can you believe that? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I should double that now, but uh, but they and they've added yeah, on. They, added, we, they got a bunch of other prisons now too. They didn't have DCI and Win and That's and all right. those other prisons back then. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, we're still in 1954, and it says, "Here's that stuff again." Like the old saying about the character who every time he opened his mouth put his foot in it. Last week, the Angolite carried a story about a patch of that nauseous stuff, okra, uh. <laughs> situated just outside the fence of the woman's camp. Huh. And proving that the dames don't look into other people's backyards, as soon as she had read the account, Buxom Alice said, hmm. Buxom Alice, they call yeah, her Buxom that. Alice. Yeah. Buxom Alice said, where's the okra? Why, I just love okra. Uh. Yesterday at all units, the food service department ordered for supper. You guessed it. Okra. Bald okra. Bald. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. They didn't like that bald okra. They were feeding them. They, they, they I kind of like some. okra myself. Yeah, I did too. Especially my Bloody Marys. Yeah. They, they didn't, uh, yeah. didn't cost them a whole lot to feed them. I can Bucks and Malice. She liked her some okra. Right. Bucks and Malice. <laughs> That's funny. 
All right, y'all. I'm going to read you these next two. So, four men fail to rise, shine. Captain says, your neck is mine. (laughs) Four localites who bed down at Camp A were collared by police at that unit one day last week and charged with failing to rise and shine in the morning, as is customary in places like this. The four, Claudius Wall, Victor Stewart, Howard D. Keyes, and Robert Lewis, were escorted to the camp lockup to wait action of the disciplinary board. Because the quartet was asleep when they should have been awake, the camp count was snafu'd. Nothing will irritate a prison management as much as a fouled-up count of heads, it was said. <laughs> you messed up the count. You were going in the hole. That yeah. still happens today. And these dudes just didn't want to get up, right? Wow, that's funny. <laughs> All right. Love it. Let me read this one. Loader Wops Hurts Worker. Uh-oh. Sammy Robinson of Camp F was hospitalized Monday for injuries when he met up with a cane sling while working on a loader near the unit. Robinson is said to have been whopped about the head by the loader slings, which broke loose. Oh, my God. He's on the colored ward. Wow. So I, I guess one of the things flew off the machine, yeah. probably, or somebody probably hit him in the head with one of those this, this sides, <laughs> right? That's crazy. Yeah, they're not going to ride each other out. Yeah. Yeah, this, all right, we'll go to 1955, June 18th, and this headline says STU, and I'm not sure what STU stands for. It's going to be a special lockdown unit. There you go. STU men stage short-lived buck. Yeah. Uh-oh. All right. Residents of the STU disgruntled over the quality and distribution of the food and a few other items refused to enter their mess hall Wednesday evening, declaring a camp-wide buck. That's right. When the people came, however, the usual conversation settled everything. Yeah, he's, he's like, I'm about to shoot your ass. Yeah, the usual yeah, conversation. Right. I love it. That's funny. Yeah, so that was. So bucking up, y'all, and I've had been a part of a couple of them, but the, uh, they were like, fuck it, we're not doing it, and, and we're going to protest. And and, I, and Warden Burl Kane, and we talked about this on the episode, yeah. it came in, and he said, grab it. The, give the first one. They weren't going to work in a crawfish plant. Give the first one direct verbal order, and as soon as they say no, arrest them. <laughs> you know, you still get arrested. So bucking up, and the usual conversation was had, probably the same thing. Like, is that back then? We're going to shoot you. That's right. You don't go to work. All right. So June 18, 1955, a little girl wants her dog. Tuffy, where are you? A farm-wide search has failed to produce any sign of Tuffy, the six-year-old Boston Terrier who was owned by Flumber Foreman Harry Dreyer, mm. but made his home at Camp E and claimed the yard there as his personal domain. Dwyer says he is sure Tuffy is not dead. His body would have been found by this time, he reasoned. Meanwhile, Tuffy's little mistress, eight-year-old Nikki Dwyer, sent the following message to the Angola light. My dog's name was Tuffy. He was eight years old at the time he disappeared. He was a faithful dog, and I loved him so. I was raised with Tuffy. He was smarter than most dogs. I do have three other dogs, but they will never mean mean as much to me as Tuffy. 
please bring him back to me, Nicky Dwyer. <laughs> I wonder if my mom and you are. That's crazy. So this was apparently a plumber foreman that uh, his daughter had a dog that hung out at the yeah, at the camps they were, and they were all inside the yeah, and they, they Daughter sent a plea to the Angola. So let me do another one real quick. It says stray dog roundup now in operation. In accordance with an order from the management, all stray dogs on the farm are being rounded up for disposal each evening. The drive will be in effect through July the 4th. <laughs> so they were looking for oh my old gosh. The stray dogs, they were killing their ass. They're, yeah, I mean, <laughs> for disposal. Right? That's crazy. What they cooked them? 1955, y'all. All right, what's in a name? This was a good one. James Williams, who boards at Camp I and has a Yankee accent, which he acquired in Madison County, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. wishes the management would learn that he is not James A. Williams. It's a little confusing at first, but not so very difficult once you get the hang of it from Williams. There, James A. Williams lives at Camp A, he explained earnestly as our eyes began to get glassy. Like last October, I almost went to the Red Hats, he continued, or November when they called me to the visiting room and walked me into a family of total strangers, he continued. It's getting so I never know who I am, much less where I am. Williams said it happened again last week. He came within a split second of appearing before the parole board with a lawyer and four relatives, but not his yes. relatives. It I keep wondering what's going to happen when when this other boy's time is up. He sighed, <laughs> shaking his head dolefully. It is an interesting thought at that. What was his name? <laughs> James A. Williams. Uh, but they so had two had, James A. Williams. They probably had five of them. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, he's from Wisconsin. And boy, you know he was doing a hard time. And I oh, left yeah. Wisconsin the other Ooh. day. It was 50 degrees in the morning. I got um, in Louisiana. It was 100 degrees. Come on. Yeah. Jesus. Well, James A. Williams, hopefully they and re- have, I was release in Matt, the guy. Madison County, too, where, where the guy was from. So. Wow. All right. Busy tag plant takes short order from June 18, 1955. An order for 40 large game-preserved signs, each with replicas of the Bob White quail in the corners, was turned out on time by the tag plant last week. They are on 24-hour duty, producing a million new auto-license tags for 56. Unbelievable. Plus hundreds of steel bunks for the new prison, sheet metal gutters, and what have you. <laughs> <laughs> Most of these y'all are just like a little bitty short, uh, you know, a little Updates. short. Yeah. Yeah. But a little bit short articles. All right. So the next one says, Knife victim has loss of memory, I can imagine. Hyde Walker of Camp F was hospitalized Tuesday with superficial knife wounds on his left arm and shoulder. Stricken with a lapse of memory, (laughs) Sales was unable to recall how he got hurt. Security officials suggested that he might have got careless while shaving. (laughs) That is great. They weren't even worried about him. Uh -uh. And they might have been the ones that hurt him. (laughs) He might have got lax while shaving. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Here's one I found interesting. It says, Dental Clinic Cracks Own Record. So 
Uh, the biggest week in the history of the dental department went on record during the seven days from June 5th through the 11th of 1955, according to their bookkeeping department. The figures show a total of 115 patients uh, were handled. Seven, seven uh, plates were complete and fitted, and 12 others were put into process. There were 51 extractions. Right. 34 marked miscellaneous and a variety of other entries. So basically, they pulling teeth yeah, left and right. And it, you know, that one week they pulled 51 teeth. I thought that was interesting. Too many feelings when they could just rip them out. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll give you this one. It says, uh, two used razor blade, put cells in stitches. Uh-huh. Two unidentified colored women from Camp D were treated for minor lacerations at the emergency ward last Tuesday. Weapons used is said to have been a razor blade. Following treatment from both for both, they were released and returned to camp. So they tried to commit suicide. Yeah, well, I'm never, two I, women. I wonder if they got in a fight with each other. Maybe they did. Two of a couple of women came to be treated for minor. <laughs> they might have gotten in a knife fight with each other. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe it was suicide. I don't know. All right. So September eighteenth, nineteen fifty four, y'all. Uniforms for free personnel soon. For the first Whoa. time in the history of the Louisiana State Penitentiary, correctional officers will be garbed in uniforms. Wow, this is interesting. Hats, coats, trousers, and shirts are on order and will be issued, Secretary Chief W.H. Maynard said Wednesday. The uniforms will be of a forest green hue with beige colored shirts. The official said there will be no badges, however, nor any marks of rank worn. A shoulder patch will designate the wearer as an LSP officer. How about that? Uh, 1954 is when they got the first uniforms. That's, That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah, crazy. It had been around uh, since 1901 as a state prison. Yeah. And it took till 1954 to get So they just yeah. wore whatever they wanted, I, I guess. guess they just wore Button up shirts or uh, blue jeans or something. Real quick, at the top of this page, and um, you know, it says Dixie's only prison weekly. The Angola Lightning gives volume two, number 41, Angola, Louisiana, September 8, 1954, 10 pages, right? But then they have this box that says, Warning, and what four exclamations behind it. Laggards are warned. Monday, September 20th, is the deadline for filing your petition for the October Pardon Board. Don't get stuck out. (laughs) (laughs) Even in Angola, inside of Angola, you have thieves that steal from other inmates, right? And D's, the barbershop, got looted. Uh Yeah, and they posted, the barber is offering a reward in this article. It says, yes, sir, it never rains, but what? When it rains, it pours. Seems a fella has to get down in bed sick to find out who his friends are. Monday, D's, the Rotond Camp EX barber, woke up one day at the General Hospital where he is suffering from a diabetic onset to find out that his shop at Camp E had been burglarized. Missing, he said, is $300 worth of barber tools and unfurnished leather goods. Dees has posted a $25 reward for the arrest Mm -hmm. and conviction of the the miscreant, or 
He'll pay it for the return of the goods. No questions asked. $25 back then. Shit, you can always buy a car for Yeah. But he, and he was basically saying, look, if you took it, if you just give it back to me, I'll give you 25 bucks. Right, right. Or I'll pay someone twenty five bucks to to find out who it was. So that's yeah, pretty much their craft, and each camp would have one. That's 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 an esteemed position, right? And most of and three hundred dollars worth back right. then. That's a lot inside prison. That's a that's a million dollars. Yep. In <laughs> September eighteenth, nineteen fifty four, free inmate menus. Now the same for what is believed to be the first time on Angola. Menus for free personnel and inmates were identical last week, with the exception of breakfast. The innovation is by order of food services manager J.H. Bonnet. A huge saving is expected to result from the consolidation, the food department said. Breakfast at the inmate dining rooms are planned, but for free personnel consists of short orders only. (laughs) I guess you remember you free personnel, you can order your eggs over easy or whatever, and the rest of them are just getting yeah. sh- shit on the shingle. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, so you can you actually have a choice if you're free personnel. Yeah. If you're not free personnel, you get what they throw on that plate. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to read a couple of these, and I'll let Woody read the last one we're going to do for you today. Uh, and this was a correction from Old Wooden Ear, and he says, wooden uh, Old Wooden Ear, he says, uh, I rate camp efforts. Have asked for a correction. Seems one Freddie Armstrong, whom the Angolite said last week had been stabbed in a humbug, uh. was not from Camp F, but from Camp A. The Angolite is happy to make this correction uh. and, and with the hope that if any others get stabbed at Camp F, they won't bleed. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so uh, even the Angolite had to issue retractions, right? Yeah. Uh, and then this one says, escapee guards play hide-and-seek. Guard lines were still out yesterday for Euless Baker, oh. 28, a colored Camp C trustee who was found to be missing last Saturday. Baker, serving a seven-year sentence, is thought to be, still be hiding somewhere on the farm. Huh. How about that? They, look, they were escaping left and right back in them days. That's the way it was. They still trying to but they got a whole lot more security stuff in place oh yeah razor wire and all that and the wolf dogs all right this one says frazier big headlines frazier is oldest exclamation mark a glance at the records settle the question once and for all who's the convict with the longest time and point of service on game goal Records show Charlie Frazier. We need to talk about him. Yeah. yeah. Records show Charlie Frazier, Camp H2 Hospital Steward, was received in September of 1933 with one sentence of 18 years, one of 28 years, and a lifetime, all stacked on top of the other. Charlie is registered number 23409, is the oldest on the books. His discharge date, however, is still 20 years away. The book says December 3rd, 1974. Now, look, the in the DOC, you're known by your, your inmate numbers, right? Yeah. So now they're alone. Fucking, that means he was the 23,409th inmate ever when, when he came in. Wow. Ever go through the gates of Angola. Yeah. Since after the Civil War when they started. And probably yeah. one of the most notorious. Yeah, for real. Uh, Really, in in American history, there's a there's a whole big long sure. story for 
Charlie Frazier, and we will tell his story one day. Yeah. He's a tough one to research because, yeah. it, you know, this was so long ago. But I'm going to come up with some stuff for him. Uh, just two quick short ones, and then we're gonna, we got to wrap it up for today. Uh, this one says, toe whacked off. What? Andrew Peters, a resident of the STU, lost the third toe on his right foot via surgery last week. The operation was performed at the Angola General Hospital. So something happened. He had to whack his toe off. Maybe he had diabetes or something. And then the one below it says, three and a hassle. Three juveniles at H1 were sporting an assortment of mouse eyes, puff lips, and and other sores today as the result of a free-for-all hassle last Tuesday. The trio, all of whom were unidentified, were given first aid, a piece of steak for their eyes, and sit oh. home. And they love a piece of steak. <laughs> yeah. It was baloney. Yeah. yeah, there wasn't no steak. I can promise you. Uh, we didn't need to look in that, too, because, you know, they're housing the juveniles there now, mm-hmm. and they're so fucking pissed off about it. But apparently yeah. back then they had women and juveniles, too. Yeah, so. yeah, they sure did, and so we'll be bringing you stuff on that. And uh, appreciate all you patrons yes. out there that yes. uh, that follow. Look, we dropped a bonus episode Monday just mm-hmm. for patrons, mm-hmm. where we covered the first twenty uh, uh, death row inmates that are requesting clemency and got those hearings. Right. Uh, we we went into an in depth uh, breakdown of each of those. Dropped that on Monday. So if you're right. not a patron. Join the Patreon. You can get that. Another quick announcement, Apple Podcasts. For those that don't do Patreon for whatever reason, we're now on Apple Podcasts as a subscription option as well. You just go to your Apple Podcast app, and you'll you'll see it. Uh, I'm going to label all those. It'll say uh, Apple Podcast bonus episode. Yeah, but also when, uh, what happens on Apple Podcasts, anytime you go to the Apple Podcast player and you type in Bloody Angola, it'll pull it up, and yep. it'll, it'll, it'll give you – uh, like I think it's free trial for whatever for yeah, seven, seven days, days and, and, and and you know the list of episodes and everything else. Yeah, so it's pretty you, cool, pretty cool deal. Actually. If if you're not and you want to try like, it out, there is a free either, trial. Either, either they don't know what Patreon is or they don't want to use it. I have That's that right. on, on the regular real life or crime. So well, uh, some people want and they want to listen to their podcast through one particular app, right? Right, and right. not have to go yeah. different yeah. places. So Apple so Podcasts like and it, and you want to try it, and you. Get your free free seven day trial and go listen to some bonus episodes because we got a ton of them. We got a ton. And so. thank y'all, and we love you so much. We appreciate each and every one of you. Yeah. And until next time, I'm Jim Chapman and I'm Woody Overton, your host of Bloody and Go, a podcast 142 years in the making, the complete story of America's bloodiest prison. Peace. Peace. Just ask the Hill String Gang, Rango.